Welcome to the Finding Refuge podcast. My name is Michelle Cassandra Johnson, and I am so glad you're here. This podcast emerged from work based in the exploration of collective grief and liberation. It exists to remind us about all the ways we can find refuge during unsettling and uncertain times. I'm excited about today's episode with Wambui Jaguna. I met Wambui in a Dismantling Racism course that I was leading through Off the Mat into the World, and since then we have crossed paths many times through work and camaraderie and changing the world. So I'd love to tell you a little bit more about Wambui. Wambui Jaguna is a Kenyan-American based in Finland passionate about making wellness through yoga and meditation seamlessly engaged in equity and justice so that more people of the global majority can live well and thrive. Wambui is deeply inspired by spiritual teachers and communities that seek ways to apply the insights from our various practices and teachings to situations of social, racial, political, environmental, and economic suffering and injustice. She would like to see wellness spaces engage more in social justice plus collective change, and activist spaces learn to breathe deeply and practice sustainable self-care in the midst of dismantling systemic oppression. This is her definition of community care. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, Wambui. It's good to see you. Hi, Michelle. It's really good to see you. Thanks for being a guest on the Finding Refuge podcast. Thank you for inviting me. It's a real honor. I'm trying to think we met through a Dismantling Racism course. That That's how we connected? Yes. So um, I first came to know of you and who you are and your work that you're doing in the world. It was, um, I think, February 2019. Um, and I was taking your course on um, dismantling racism and it was through off the mat into the world and um, that's when I came to know of you and I was like wait wait is this woman like did she hack my brain because like (laughs) you you gave literally you gave voice and vocabulary and language to what my lived experience had been has been continues to be in the yoga world in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why it was so, it was such a, um, like a, just a, a moment in time where I was like, whoa, like, okay, somebody is actually thinking about these things. Somebody's actually talking about these things. And so that's how we, I came to know of you. It was powerful, yeah. that course. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was that course. And then after mm-hmm. that, I saw you offering all sorts of things, right? And your community focused on making the wellness space more liberatory and less exclusive and just have seen that it's been really beautiful to see that unfold um, throughout time. Yeah. That's nice to hear because when you're kind of in it and you're not, it's, you know, because this is slow emotional work. So it's not like a, a, you don't see the, you don't see it when you're just kind of in it, especially because I'm, I'm, I'm Kenyan American, but I'm based in Helsinki, Finland. I've been here 
for the uh, you know over a decade and you know the 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 landscape here it's it's different and the conversation is at a different place and it moves at a different time so that's nice to hear that you kind of are seeing it on the outside because when you're in it it's hard sometimes to see when when, when things are taking their time to shift <laughs> that's right it is it is hard when you're in it to see the the different mm. see the change happening um i would love for you to tell us some about who you are and and what you do in the world and also where you are the land you're yes. on and to sure. call in any ancestors you'd like to or any any beings you want to be in the space with us absolutely that's the thank you for that um so i'm wambui i'm kenyan american um i was born in nairobi to a kikuyu kenyan father and an english mother and I lived there till I was 10. And then we moved to the U.S. to upstate New York. Um, um, it would have been Mohawk, the, the Haudenosaunee area of, of the Mohawk. That was where we were uh, residing. I finished school in, in various parts of, of Turtle Island. And then I've now been in Helsinki, Finland. I've been ba uh, after grad school. I got a job in Abu Dhabi uh, teaching English, and that's when I started Ashtanga Yoga. And basically, like 2009 was like the year my life shifted drastically. Um, the year Ashtanga Yoga, yoga became central to my life. Um, I met um, in 2009 a Finnish man named Petri Raisanen, who's a long time Ashtanga yoga teacher. And so we met and um, fell in love. And uh, he said, come to Finland. And I was like, um, okay, <laughs> why not? <laughs> so um, in 2010, I moved to Finland and began assisting Petri in um, his uh, Ashtanga yoga classes, learning the system, how to be in an Ashtanga yoga class. Um, and we have two children together, two male identifying young persons. They are seven and four. So Ashtanga yoga is, is my main, has been my main practice. However, more recently, I uh, have also began to implement, you know, ways to make the, the, the beautiful practice just much more accessible, much more inclusive, um, much more safe for uh, folks who are being <laughs> left out of the room and it's many many of us um, so that's what I'm I'm doing and um, I consider you Michelle my mentor because as well as your dismantling racism course that I took in 2019 which began to give language and vocabulary to what was a lived experience in my body that I just couldn't quite vocalize since there was nobody around me that 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 could hold that space and mirror that for me um the offering that you did in 2020 in the summer of 2020 so that was like you know just after george floyd and black lives matter going global and there was just so much um grief and rage and this all this racial reckoning coming up um to the surface um i remember your healing and community um offerings that you did with a group of people that was also just deeply, profoundly transformative for how I envision now um, what yoga spaces can be. 
the land I'm on is the Sami people. They, they are in Finland. They are in Finnish Lapland. So it's a little bit further north than where I am in southern Helsinki. But I would say that the Sami, I'm, on, I'm, I'm seated on, on, on Sami land. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing some about your path and journey and experience with the practice and also where you're from, some about that and where you are now. And I'm curious to know, you said that in the course, the Dismantling Racism course and the healing community that, you know, particularly with the Dismantling Racism course that, and people say this a lot, that I like put language to what they were feeling, you Mm. know, and, um, and it was just a reflection of what I I had been feeling. And so um, I'm wondering what that, and, and I'm not asking you to talk about me, but what that process was like for you, because I imagine in my experience, there was a lot of anger and grief connected mm. to who was missing in these spaces, the yoga spaces, um, yeah. and who was missing and not well, just yeah. at large, right? Yeah. And so I'm curious to know what that process was like for you, what that felt like, because now I know there are more people doing this work and you're one of the yeah. people doing it. And so would just be interested to hear more about that process. Yeah, I'm one of the people doing it thanks to you and just you mod- role modeling it. So I, I mean, it's um, I know you're saying don't make it about you, but I, this is this is really like what I'm I'm having this conversation with, the, you know, like because. But anyway, to to your point, um, there there has been a lot of anger and 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 rage, um, partly just because. Uh, when you are learning about the social conditioning that you have been swimming in, when that you realize that, oh, wait, this is all intentional. I've been upholding it and complicit in it. You know, um, there's there's a real moment of reckoning because it, it's a disruption of who you thought you were in the world. So, yeah, I mean, I would say 2019, 2020, 2021, I mean, I've become really familiar with my anger and my rage and deeper down my grief. Um, Whereas before, um, these things were kind of talked about in yoga spaces, but not really. It felt very distant. It felt very sort of removed. It felt very polite, like, yeah, you know, these feelings too but it it felt just very distant and let's not go there and I I did I noticed that there's a hunger for people to be able to talk about these more difficult feelings and there's a there's a real kind of questioning like like how how do I meet these I guess for lack of a better word shadow emotions like and and it just felt like um teachers were we're not really able to touch into the heart of the matter in a way that people are living their lives. Um, and certainly like, um, you know, in, in Finland, like the, 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 the demographic is, is, is majority white and certainly in the yoga spaces, it's very, very white. So even just the awareness of like, Oh, I'm a white person. And what does that mean in the world? Mm -hmm. It's very, it's very new. The conversation is very, very new. But to me, it just has felt that it's felt very messy, but it's felt like I I, I feel much more in tune with the suffering that happens within me 
um, as well as aware, much more aware of the of the suffering that happens in all myriad ways, intersecting oppression um, globally in the world. And so it, it, it just, I feel much more alive and awake to the world um, in a way where it wasn't quite available before. Yeah. And listening, and you've, it's pro- you've probably heard me say this before, it feels like you're describing the process of what it's like to remember. Mm, oh oh yes <laughs> no yes <laughs> remember and sp- like uh, earlier you said who I want to call in I just want to call in I have my ancestors uh the candles burning on my ancestors altar as we speak because I wanted to call them in for this conversation so that they can they can be with me that is something in 2020 a new part of my spiritual practice which was actually having an altar and and calling folks in and that has profoundly shifted um, my inner landscape um, in in very very uh, powerful ways that I'm still trying to to balance energetically Um, remembering uh, you know I have um, an ancestor on my father's side he was not I don't think he was uh uh, was he my great grandfather? His name is Jogona, so um, my last name. Um, I don't think he was a, a Mau Mau freedom fighter, um, um, which was the the fight for independence to, against the British um, in Kenya. I'm not sure if he was a, an actual Mau Mau freedom fighter, but he was a sympathizer, and um, things didn't end well for him. He got uh, betrayed and was forced to dig his own grave um, before mm-hmm. um, being killed. Um, so I think about him a lot and his energy was quite strong uh, at around George Floyd. And I remember needing to sit with a lot of rage and grief and thinking like, what what is this that's waking up in me? And he was 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 just knowing his story and just he I felt his presence a lot um, during you know uh, 2020 um, around the time of, of George Floyd. So just to speak to your point of of remembering, I've had to sit with needing to remember both the trauma as well as the the gifts and the resilience. Um, Last year, it was a lot about remembering trauma, which was very destabilizing. Um, This year, it's been more, uh, it's felt a bit more balanced um, uh, and and, and leaning more into into the resilience, into the joy, as well into like, both sides of my ancestry, which is the the British side as well. I've really needed to heal parts of that side as well and sit with, okay, what does it mean to have kind of both the European and the African Mm -hmm. ancestry in me? I felt um, that was something that I needed to really integrate and heal. So having the ancestors altars, having pictures of both sides of my um, my ancestors that have have gone on to the other side, and really having a candle and sitting and talking with them and remembering them and thanking them and asking you know them like hey like what is it that you would have me know about your life and and all what what um, has come before that's felt to be a very healing ongoing part of my yoga practice. I'm glad that you mentioned that the the practice of sitting with the ancestors um, and calling them in um, and conversing with them, because as you were sharing about 
your process and the grief and the, the rage, it made me think about how your work is likely healing your line. Mm. Um, and so that's where the remembering came from, right? This, and um, that of course, you, and you, I imagine think this too, that you're also healing in the present and healing into the future as well. Um, yes. Through this, this work or practice you're engaged in, in the way you're, you're working. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It feels like time. I, 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 now I understand what people are like. Time is not linear. I was, I, I was like, yeah, that sounds good, but I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I think I start to be able to understand when people say time is not linear in that history is not just stuff that happened back then. It's now, it's current, it's present, it's living, breathing in all of us. Um, and understanding that what I'm doing now is is for the present, my work now in 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 this in this time space continuum, as well as in the future for the kind of world um, I wish my children to be in and inherit, and 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 also part of the reason why I stepped into this quite difficult, lonely. Um, work that you don't get much external validation. It's like, wait, one boy, why are you taking this on? What is this about for you right now? Um, it's because I see these two young beings um, and it breaks my heart if I'm going to see racism and white supremacy continue to go on uninterrupted in, in their lives. So they give a lot of motivation um, and momentum and as well, of course, a healing what came before me. Um, so I start to understand when people say that time is not not linear, because I feel sometimes I'm living in different time realities. Like take, for example, me being in Finland, doing the work I'm doing now, like, and let me say, I'm not the first one <laughs> to do this work. Like the Afro-Finnish community is alive and thriving. And there are many people in the community who have been doing this work before me. So I don't want to like make it seem that, you know, I'm the only one. Um, I think uh, this kind of work is is pretty much done in community, whether we we know it or not, or whether it's with people we know or not. So I just wanted to to shout out the Afro-Finnish community for holding it down. Um, I will say, however, that um, I can see kind of the potentiality of, of how yoga spaces in Finland can be for marginalized folks and I can see it in my mind's eye and I can see that it's not there yet and we have a long way to go so I'm living in the future as well as ah but oh and so I I feel so kind of sometimes I get so kind of impatient because I'm like oh but we're not there yet um so that's my practice is to just sit in the well this is how it is right now and so (laughs) Mm Well, mm. yeah, and that's so much of the practice, right? Mm. Mm. Being with what is now, but also yeah. knowing <laughs> there are different. I mean, when you said time isn't linear, I'm like, t- I was thinking about daylight savings time, and like time is made up. I was just like, this is totally time is completely made up, which I knew that anyway. But I was kind of like, there's another <laughs> indication. Like we just get to oh change it when we wanna. Um, and I know that there's some science behind this, but still right, time is made right. up, right? And our totally. relationship with time is different across the globe, mm-hmm. like depending mm-hmm. on where we where we are. And there are different, you know, realities happening, I feel mm-hmm. like, in different realms playing out. And time works differently in different realms as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I love this, the idea of, 
um, working and, you know, to heal the past, being in the present and thinking into the future as well, and how mm-hmm. we're connected to everything and everyone that came before us Absolutely. Um, in this very moment and everyone mm-hmm. and everything that will come after us as well. Mm-hmm. 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 That feels very strong right now. And it it's, it's all by the grace of, of establishing uh, the lines of communication with my ancestors. Mm-hmm. And so that means my yoga practice looks really different <laughs> these days. Yeah. And it's just very interesting just um, how, number one, expansive um, a yoga practice can be um, and how invisible it has been for me lately. Like, and yeah. So anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it also sounds like, you know, there's the turning inward that's mm-hmm. happening or the concentration or the, the meditation that's happening, the connection with spirit and your ancestors. Mm. And that feels like yoga for sure. Absolutely. Right? That is the practice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's exactly totally where, how my yoga is living itself out. And of course the, the, the physical, um, exercises of 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 regulating the nervous system and and all and breath practice is is sort of a primer for those more um uh like you said the the turning inward inward uh, processes to unfold Mm -hmm. Mm. i'm curious to know if because you mentioned your practice with your ancestors began to deepen in 2020 and of course we know we've been in a pandemic Mm. globally we've Mm. um you mentioned George Floyd. I'm wondering if your practice shifted or what you, what you did to, to take care of your heart during that, what you have been doing to take care of your heart during this time. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, um, I was so in a way I have to say it's, it's, it's funny how blessings work sometimes because um, I, I, I'm, I'm physically isolated from, from immediate community in terms of Black folk who are practicing and having conversations in the yoga, spiritual and wellness world. Like that's not a huge immediate ecosystem for me immediately geographically. Mm-hmm. So before um, the lockdown and the pandemic happened, I had planned to to travel to the U.S. to be in in community with with folks, be it on a yoga retreat um, or a meditation retreat, right? Just to be in BIPOC, be healing with with BIPOC, because that's really what I, what I needed. Um, so then, when the pandemic happened and the world shut down and every everything went online and on Zoom, there was a whole lot available and accessible to me so I was you know your healing in community the wellness of we that mm-hmm. um you did with Reverend Angel and was it Kerry and Anastasia mm-hmm. and Nicole oh my goodness I was like that was going on repeat for a, a, a long time because that was just giving a whole lot of uh, sustenance for my soul um so my heart, how was my heart as well? Listening to your, um, the YouTube. Uh, oh, healing and, and community. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one helped a lot in the immediate, just like, whoa, like what, what's going on? What is this time about? Um, and so one thing that was, was that you said that stood out was like, I don't know what it's like to, to practice during a global pandemic because I've never been in and like, this is all very new for me. 
So that was my approach as well. Like this is um, kind of, this is new territory. What you're going to need is going to be very different from day to day. So the um, release of expectation and the release of rigidity and in some ways the release of structure uh, felt very much like it's gonna, what I'm going to need in order for, for heart healing to happen, that's going to be very different from day to day. I would say, you know, coming from an Ashtanga background where you have a sort of sequence and you, there's a, there's a structure there, there's a blueprint. I've, I've sort of, especially when I've released the need to progress physically and to really just continue to acquire more physical poses. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with that if that's where you're getting your medicine, but my medicine is very different now. Mm-hmm. So um, I had already, even prior to the pandemic, I had been experimenting with like, what is it I could do today in terms of my, my asana practice? And, and, oh, and of course, having children that like you really need to <laughs> just yeah. go with a the ebbs and flows of life. So the pandemic just further um, presented this lesson of just like, what is it you really need today? That was a big part of my practice during the the big, the big uh, um, energy of 2020 was like dropping that question is like, how is my heart and, and what does it need in order to be well? So the healing felt like very kind of moment to moment taking care of myself as the moment presents itself, especially because it was so intense and it was so, so heavy. And it was like, Mm -hmm. when is this going to be over? Like, um, so really just little micro moments of, of checking in. And then what, what does relief look like um, for me in this moment? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, what you described about asking, how is my heart? What do I need today? I feel like that's, for me, was such an important practice during 2020, and it continues to be. And it's making me think about what what if we asked ourselves that every day, like if we recognize that what we need changes based mm-hmm. on what's going on. Um, and because we're in relationship with other beings too, right? And you mentioned your children, and so practice looks different. And, and so much of what the wellness industry has done is say practice looks this one way versus like, we need to be responsive yes. to how the body's feeling, how the heart's feeling, how the spirit's feeling to what's happening yeah. in our environment, what's happening in our life. So I think there's an invitation in there and a reminder to, um, you know, um, meet yourself with the practice that you might need at that time versus always practicing the same thing. Absolutely. And I have to say like, this is a daily practice because the conditioning, well, the, first of all, the conditioning of productivity that capitalism always tries to shove down your throat. Like that's a really, that's, I I notice it even in me, like, you know, I, I, just before we, we, we began the conversation when we were saying hi, you know, I just had mentioned that I've I've been having, um, you know, a little bit the cold and the flu and um, my practice has been can I just give myself the rest I need? Can I just do that? Mm. And why is it so hard for me right now just to be able to rest? (laughs) Um, And I've had, so about a week I've been under the weather and it was only today that I really finally felt like, okay, now, now I'm, I'm giving myself the permission to just rest 
Um, but it took six days <laughs> before yeah. I was able to do that. And so I just really noticed that like, wow, Wambui, like uh, just curious, not judge, judgmental today. <laughs> um, again, it's, a, it's an imperfect, unfolding, messy practice, but just how deeply uh, rooted the just this idea of productivity and your asana practice has to be quote unquote productive in a very specific way in order to call it a yoga practice. So that's been a very interesting uh, investigation I've needed to, to do and honor to be like, you know, practice can look like rest, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, um, practice can look like going out for a walk and feeling the very mild northern sun on your face <laughs> but really just the idea of productivity um has been has been kind of front of my mind right now and just yeah i'm i'm, I'm struggling with that a little bit like mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah well it feels like an unlearning I think many people struggle with it because as you said, it's you know, capitalist structure and people are rewarded for being productive. Yes. 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 Of course, in different ways, depending on our identities, mm-hmm. but people are rewarded um, and incentivized for overworking mm-hmm. and um, we're not um, supported in taking time to rest. And particularly as BIPOC people, we're not, space isn't even made for us to rest. Mm. Um, so I hear hear you in that, like that it's a process of unlearning to make space for what you need. Mm-hmm. 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 Indeed. Yeah. Indeed it is. So I found like today, you know, this was my main thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, just rest so you can be ready for this thing. And so I feel like, yes, yoga practice accomplished today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being easeful and restful enough to be able to be in conversation today with Michelle. <laughs> yeah, I want to um, hear some about, I know we talked about ancestors a little earlier and you you just did an ancestors summit and I, I know it's available for people. So I actually mm-hmm. wanted you to talk some about how that came about um, and, yes. and part of that, but like one small. So how did that come about for you? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think yes. it's really beautiful what you created. Thank you. I'm this. This has been my yes, the Ancestral Healing Summit Medicine for Our Times. It's available on my website. Um, yes, Michelle, you were a guest. And I'm just like thinking like, wow, we had a first a conversation in June when it was super sunny out. And now here we are like in November mm-hmm. when I feel like I'm on the moon right now. So this is just a really cool kind of um, synergy, for lack of a better word. So what had happened is, yeah, so I started, I got my ancestors altar in January. I got that going. I started to just um, begin to let myself be known to those who came before. Um, And then I was just sort of just moving about my space in not a particularly focused way when all of a sudden I got, I guess it's download that you need to put this ancestral healing summit together, you know, Um, and that wasn't the name at the time, but it was just like, you need to to interview people on ancestors, you know, people you admire across different um, spiritual paths and lineages and um, who you know and whose work you admire, um, you need to, to to talk to them about the topic of healing trauma through through ancestors. And I was just like, oh, where did that come from? Okay, and I'll, and, and they were like, and you need to pay them. 
And I was like, okay, how am I going to do that? Like, <laughs> um, how's that going to happen? And they said, well, you just need to raise the funds. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, I guess that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so, um, and I have on my vision board, like I created a vision board, you're on it. <laughs> All just different people I admire and um, that I'd like to be in conversation with. So then, so that seed of the idea was kind of planted down um, into my you know, uh, mind-body mechanism, and I, I, I got to work. I began to ask people who I admire and have learned from if they could participate. I started to just ask. Um, I had a. I, I applied for a grant in Finland, but it, I didn't get it. So I was like, okay, I can't rely on the Finnish government to fund this. So I, it's just up to to the community, me and the community. So I, I had a, a fundraiser and got some sponsors to help and um, went through the process of of interviewing folks uh, on on the topic of of ancestors and healing trauma. And it's it's literally like been my proudest thing of 2021. Mm -hmm. The fact that that I could have this something that came from the other side of spirit realm Mm -hmm. and that it could kind of be processed through me as the conduit, not the owner, but just as the conduit. And now it's available on the, on the, on the physical realm. That that's, that's super cool. Um, because I've always been, I, I've had, I've sort of, I'm one who has lots of ideas, but they don't always come to, to birth. Like they don't always make it through the birth canal, so to speak. So this one has been like, oh, wow, that actually happened. And of course I have my, my, my children like that. That's also been like huge, mm-hmm. <laughs> like talk about being a conduit for, for life. But so this one was just, I'm super proud and just excited about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love what you named or described about um, something coming from the spirit realm through you. And then there's something physical, tangible that like people can access now that is medicine for them. Um, mm. That how powerful that process is. Yeah, I mean, it was, and it, it, it's again, it's something I really can't take ownership over. I just, I, I feel like it was just like my ancestors were saying, "Here, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. This is your work. You can't rely on like just like." charm and grace alone like you gotta get to work baby girl and I was like okay I will then and they're like we're gonna be with you every step of the way but and it kind of felt like a test and again like I've I've had this process with 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 my two children that I've had um but it felt different when it was like when this kind of like this almost feels like it's it's different. It, it, it's a different energy, Michelle, with children because now they, they're kind of their own thing. But this is something like, hey, this is this is something I can call my my, my work in a way. I don't know. It's different. I'm not sure if I'm explaining myself mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I really appreciate watching people bring forth their medicine, right? Like, mm. and that's evolving. It sounds like you know for you, but bringing this forth and just what else will come? It just makes me think about the, all of the medicine we have to offer and like the different mm. medicine that's needed at this time. Mm. That's what your description of your process made me think of. Well, and I just thank you for that. I, I appreciate that. And I think it, it's just watching. It's so powerful to watch 
people as they administer their own unique medicine. And this is what I witnessed you do when you led that, the healing and community, but really like fundamentally the, the anti-racism course. And I was like, this is a woman who is able to be with such difficult topics, emotional topics, personal topics, as well as, of course, like um, social and, and, and political, but she's really here. She's able to administer this medicine in a way that, that people, you know, they, they take it and they're not like, it's not like an overdose. And I was like, how does she do that? That's, that's amazing because people came with their different social locations. They have their own kind of like vantage point, entry point into, into systems of, of power and, and, and oppression and their own personal privileges. And so just witnessing how you went about administering this truth medicine, that was, that was eye-opening for me. And it was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I thank you for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. It's it's not an overdose, right? Because people can't process it or integrate it then. Totally not, totally not. And and so and I think Ruth Ruth King talks about this as well. Like she's she's she she's the administer of, of truth medicine. And so it has to be done in a way that is gonna be liberatory and 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 healing for people, not in a way that is just gonna further um uh, just be an obstacle around shame and trauma and, and, and yeah, just, you know, the, the trauma that happens around racial, racialized conditioning Mm -hmm. and others. Yeah. This feels like a good time for us to talk some about the event that's coming up in January. Um, because I think it's so connected to everything we've talked about with wellness and ancestors and, um, racism and racial trauma and relationship. And so I'd love for you to talk some about that so folks know know about it. Yes, yes. So um, January 24th, we have a panel discussion with you, Michelle, with myself and with um, Jaisal and Tejal of the Yoga is Dead podcast. Um, and so in addition to you, Jaisal and Tejal were really kind of fundamental in at the beginning of this sort of waking up <laughs> journey. So it's the idea came, I attended their Act Against Appropriation in Yoga workshop in 2020. Um, and I said, you know, it would be super cool if, uh, you know, black and brown folk could talk amongst each other or I'm uh, about just because there are conversations that we can't quite get to because when whiteness is the reference and when it's it's there's I I just have a I get the sense that the conversation because of just the way white supremacy works right the reference point is is whiteness and I'm just like I want to get to know um my South Asian kin in a way that hasn't been taught to me as a result of colonialism and, and white supremacy. Like, I think that's one way that this, these, this systems of oppression work is it keeps us distant from, first of all, our own individual selves, but then to one another as well. And so I think that there are conversations that need to be had. There's healing that needs to be done. 
um, across our lines of difference. Um, sometimes I feel solidarity, you know, we kind of maybe talk about it. It can be assumed. It can be like, yeah, okay, we're all like against this white power structure. But then it's like, but what does that actually really mean? Like, how can we practice um, um, solidarity with one another uh, beyond just kind of the, uh, this all sounds very nice and let's just be together and and but without really getting to know each other and each other's um one another's struggles and the ways in which our struggles overlap and in the ways in which they're very unique and the ways in which we cause harm for one another um uh so that is the opportunity and the invitation for us to practice uh being in community it's open of course for all folk and i think it would be a very good practice for people of European descent for white folk to be able to come and, and not be the <laughs> reference point, so to speak. So that's happening in, in January 24th. Um, and I'm really excited about that. The registration is almost ready. I hope to have it up very soon. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. And because I've been, I actually reached out to Thajal and Jessel about this a while ago like yeah Jason mentioned it she's yeah, yeah she mentioned that you had you had been talking about it so I was like and that's why then we kind of came came up with this small intimate group mm-hmm. of, of, of folks who are it's kind of percolating yeah yeah so I'm glad we're gonna have that conversation and come into community in the way you you've described and and designed and I'm wondering if there's anything else that's coming up in 20. 21, uh, 2022, I don't even know what year it is, 2022 that you'd like us to know about. Um, I am on Patreon. So folks can go to my Patreon page and um, it's called Healing in Community because that was such a, that shifted again, that's just um, piggyback of what you um, woke up in me. Um, so I have my monthly he- healing in community sessions and those are virtual. So I'm growing that. And that's really lovely to witness and watch. People can sign up to my mailing list, wambuijaguna.com for offerings. But otherwise I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm still very much, a, 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 my kids are small and I'm the primary caregiver. So I move at the speed of, of just I move at the speed of trust, so to speak. That's one thing I heard Reverend Angel say. It's really a privilege to be um, so present in terms of time with my children. And that's something I wish to honor. But anyway, you can you can find me on my website and my Patreon. And uh, yeah, I, I do consultation work as well. Mm-hmm. Trying to spread the good word in Europe. <laughs> yeah. Yoga studios and individuals who are just interested to um, begin to examine the intersections of wellness and just positive social change and positive social action. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot going on in different ways people can interact, and of course, in the show notes, we will include links to the mailing list and your Patreon mm. um, and um, website ways that people can connect with you. Thank you. Yeah. That would be nice to stay in touch with folks. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for being here today with me and having this conversation and yeah, being in community with me in this way. It's been great to, to be in space with you. It's been so great to be in space with you too, Michelle. I'm, oh yeah, I'm super excited. 
mm-hmm. it's a, it's a true pleasure and an honor just to like I say just to have a mentor and to be in direct relationship with a mentor um it means a lot um especially just being who I am where I am doing what I'm doing um the the social support is is so crucial so thank mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. thank you so much I hope you enjoyed the episode. So, as you all may know, I have a new book out, Finding Refuge, Heart Work for Healing Collective Grief, published by Shambhala Publications. It was published on July 13th, 2021, and can be found anywhere where books are sold. Along with the book, you can join me for some offerings focused on finding refuge and focused on collective grief, ritual, and processing trauma, allowing it to move through so that we can get free. We'll explore the connection between grief and liberation. You can support the podcast Finding Refuge by telling your friends about it and rating it on iTunes. You can support my work in the world by becoming a patron on Patreon. You can find me there as Michelle C. Johnson, skill in action. I offer monthly dharma talks, rituals, meditations, or movement practices. I hope you join me there. Take care. Be well, friends. Mm -hmm.